Hello and welcome to Board Game Famous, the board game podcast that chronicles two brothers and sometimes some friends on their way to board game fame. I'm your host, David, and I'm joined with my co-hosts, Michael. Howdy, howdy. And Jesse. Hey, y'all. And it's that time of year again. The end of the year. And I thought we'd take this episode to do do a little bit of a special episode and just do a year in review. What was 2022 like? Was it better than 2021? It was definitely better than 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it was not too bad. I would say you set your bar pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to take a look back, because at the beginning of the year, or at the end of last year, I can't quite remember, uh, we did a, an episode looking forward to 2022 about the games that we were hoping to play. So I wanted to take a look at that list again and see see how well our predictions were for what we were hoping to play, if we got to play them. Uh, spoiler alert, it did not go well. We are the Nostradamus of board game predictions. By that, do you mean just flinging <laughs> predictions wildly? Yes, yes. <laughs> At least the world didn't end. <laughs> so, in our last, in our last, what we're looking forward to in 2022 episode, we, we listed 10 games that we were looking forward to. Um, and I think... Between you and I, we played two of the ten. And you played two, I played one. And then it just, it just, it, it was okay. It was all right. Our, our predictions were fine, I guess. Jesse, did you play any of our predictions from last year? I have. I've played two of your predictions, and then I also own two of those predictions, but have not played them yet. And I'm waiting to Ooh. own Frosthaven. Okay, so so about fifty percent of our list was on your is in. That's that's not too bad for lo- what we're looking forward to. Well, let, let's let's stop let's stop keeping our listeners guessing. What were those ten <laughs> games? So first on the list uh, is Blood on the Clock Tower. Michael, you are looking forward to this one. Uh, have have you had a chance to play that? No, Jesse. Have you had a chance to play this? Yes, I have five plays logged of Blood on the Clock Tower, and I was trying to remember if I've talked about it on here or not before. Um, It is a social deduction game in the line of Werewolf, um, but it has better mechanics for people who are voted out from the game. Um, It's a really fun uh, social deduction storytelling game. Yeah, it was definitely like one of the most memorable games of 2022. It was one of those games that was supposed to be released and shipped a long time ago, and then finally, finally was delivered this year. <laughs> the next game on the list is Frosthaven. I, I think this is just now getting to backers. So this is a Kickstarter game that's finally being delivered. So it's not our fault that uh, we haven't got a chance to play it. I mean, it's also fine because I haven't finished the campaign to Gloomhaven yet. So. <laughs> I know, and it's been so many years. Uh, the the only the only thing I wanted to talk about, like the, the main thing I wanted to talk about with Frosthaven, is if you missed out on the Kickstarter, you might be a little out of luck, or not not necessarily out of luck, but a little little hurting in your wallet because the Kickstarter price for Frosthaven was a hundred ish dollars, and the suggested retail price is two hundred and fifty. Oh wow! So there's there's going to be a lot of game in there. I mean, Gloomhaven itself is 140 something like that and it's it's definitely worth it if you if it, if that's the game for you. 
The next game on the list is Endless Winter. This was uh, a game that I was looking forward to because it just combines deck building and worker placement, uh, something that I find fascinating. I didn't get a chance to play this one, but I already own Dune Imperium and Lost Ruins of Arnak, the other two games in this kind of genre of worker placement deck building. And I don't think I need to play this one anymore, so I'm not... I'm taking this off the what I'm looking forward to list. Need to play it or need to own it. Those are two different things. That's fair. Uh, But maybe even need to play. The next game was Weather Machine, designed by Vital Lacerda. It's a very pretty heavy Euro. I don't know if many people... like. I don't know if it's gone out to its backers yet that much. Yes, it sure has. It is sitting in (laughs) shiny shrink wrap downstairs. (laughs) It looks amazing. I have not gotten a chance to. I have not gotten a chance to even unbox it yet. Um, but it is one that I'm hoping to play soon for sure. I am really mad at Eagle Griffin Games because they put out all the Vital Lacerda games, and they're just. It's a heavy, heavy Euro, so it's it's hard to get that to the table. But they they make Vital Lacerda's heavy Euro games look absolutely gorgeous. And I guess Justin will be able to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Following that up is Namiji. Uh, this is the sequel to Takedo. A, a fun... Takedo's a great game about having the most lovely walk on the countryside of Japan. Namiji's like a, a spiritual successor, and it's more about fishing. Um, this one was also pretty darn delayed. I think it's just now hitting shelves. So I haven't... I haven't had a chance to play this one. Uh, the next game is So You've Been Eaten. It just sounded interesting to me. It's a two-player asymmetric game. I haven't seen it in stores anywhere, so that one's not my fault. And the next one I want to talk about is Vagrant Song. Jesse, do you own this one? I do not. I don't even know what it's about. Oh, it's a it's a dungeon crawler where people play old-timey heroes. Uh, in the cartoon style of Betty Boop. What? <laughs> traveling through train cars, beating up ghosts. And it sounds amazing. It looks gorgeous. Uh, it's just never in stock long enough for me to grab a copy because it is pretty in demand. Miniature Market did, had like 10 copies or so on their Black Friday sale. I, like, I, I clicked on it as soon as I got the email. All sold out. Immediately. Well, boop, boop, ba <laughs> Michael, the next game, that you, a game that you were excited for was Dice Realms. Did you get a chance to play that one? Nope. <laughs> I don't even know that one either. What's that one's all about? Uh, so Dice Realms is another customizable dice game in the line of kind of Rattle Bones or the more popular Dice Forge. So you're rolling dice, you're popping faces off Lego style and putting new ones on. Uh, the the only problem that I had with this one, once this one came out, was the theme's a bit boring. Um, it's it's kind of like Dominion where the theme's not really there. You're getting resources, trading resources, getting points. Um, the thing that scared me away from this one is the $120 price tag. All the reviews I saw were like, it's really good, but I don't know if it's that good. It has come down uh, on a few sites below 100, so it might be at the point where I start um, considering it. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. It's rated well. It's in that sweet spot of you know mid sevens on BGG. And, oh yeah, and so maybe we might be getting to the point where it's con- being considered. But yeah, definitely, definitely agreed with the hundred and twenty dollars. I wasn't going to run out to to get it. <laughs> Now let's actually talk about the games we have played. The the predictions that we were looking forward to that actually came true. Um, the first one being Verdant. Now this is one of the ones that I was looking forward to. Unfortunately, Michael got a chance to play it. <laughs> and Jesse owns this as well. So <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> This is the third in a mechanical trilogy by AEG and Flat Out Games. Uh, so it's Calico, Cascadia, and Verdant, the CCV trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> and I have played it one time. I played it at Jeff Con. I think about this game often. I think about how it satisfies my, um, my desire to be a houseplant dad. Because all I do is kill plants. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely want to play it again to see how crunchy and impactful the moments can be compared to Cascadia and Calico, which I've also finally been able to play Calico for the first time. So I've played all three in the CCV uh, trilogy. <laughs> I, I Honestly, the, the name of Verdant's what mo- bothers me the most. They didn't fit it into that trilogy better. It could have been Calico, Cascadia, Cacti. It, it would have worked. <laughs> No. <laughs> no, no, no. Cac- cacti is a type of plant inverted because you have groups of plants. <laughs> All right, calico, cascadia, cacti, comma, and other plants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna stick with the CCV trilogy. And then finally, the last game that we were in- that I was anticipating, and I save this one for last because this was the game. This was what I was mo- anticipating most was the Everdell co- complete collection including the final two expansions for Everdell, Everdell New Leaf and Everdell Mistwood. Now I'm counting this one as played, even though I haven't played Mistwood yet, I've gotten a chance to play New Leaf. And I think this is the only one all three of us have played? Yes. What are you guys' thoughts? I really like New Leaf. Yeah, New Leaf was great. It brought in so many new cards, it made the game feel really fresh. I really enjoyed the train board and everything that happens over there it felt it was still the same game that we love in everdell but it felt a lot different in a lot of ways i like the plethora of scoring opportunities i like the addition of the train ticket which gives you flexibility for using workers so it adds stuff and you still have the the tightness of when to send workers to which places to maximize your actions to get the best resources at particular times. Uh, but that uh, the train ticket really adds some flexibility, which I really enjoyed. Yeah. I wanted to let you guys go first because I have quite a few thoughts on this. I've only played it one time, but I think New Leaf is by far my favorite expansion for Everdell. And I'm going to go with so far as to say if you play Everdell mostly two-player, it's essential. This fixes the only two nibbling qualms that I had with the base game. Um, the first issue being there's not enough cycling through the meadow. Now, the meadow in Everdell is kind of like a shared hand. When you play cards, you can either play cards from your hand or you can play cards from the meadow. And with only two players, 
that's not cycling through that often. The new station board adds a spot for three new cards, so your, your shared hand's a little bit bigger, but there's also a new action that lets you discard three cards from the meadow, refill it, and then draw three cards from the meadow. So that that shared hand is cycling through much faster. And I think that's just an amazing addition. And then the other qualm that I had with the game is Everdell has this mechanism where every time you build a construction, you can play a specific critter in that construction for free. Now you can always play those critters, you just have to pay their cost and berries. Well, New Leaf adds a selection of buildings and a selection of critters that can go in like these critters can go in any of this type of building. You don't need a specific building anymore. You just need a a building that's green. Or you have a construction that holds any blue critter. And it gives you three tokens so you can so you can fill those kinds of buildings and critters three times, but it's much easier on on players who won't necessarily get that combination that they're looking for. And I and I think those two changes in this expansion is just essential. And Everdell's my favorite game. I don't know if I'll ever play without New Leaf ever again, because I think it's fairly easy to mix in with the other expansions, uh, except for maybe Pearlbrook. It would dilute the deck too much, because New Leaf and Pearlbrook are the only two expansions that add cards to the deck. I think the important question is, when are we playing Everdell again? <laughs> I want to play it so bad. I don't know where we have a table big enough to play every day. <laughs> we might have to play on the floor. <laughs> and it truly will be every Dell at this point. Yes. Because uh, Jesse and I played it at a brewery for some uh, charity board gaming event that we went to a few weeks ago. And we could barely fit. <laughs> fit at uh everdell base with the new leaf expansion much less any other expansion to be fair those tables were very narrow was that charity event extra life was it yes yeah. it was yeah shout out to extra life shout out to extra life i <laughs> i venmoed my friend money who donated that money on my behalf <laughs> so i just showed up i was given a name tag i played games i did not win any games in the raffle that they did but it was fun oh i won a game in the raffle i won um flick of faith oh yeah a little dexterity (laughs) flick the gods area control um it will make a nice gift at some point I, I, I will say with the new leaf expansion it takes the base game and i feel like it makes it one and a half times its length because <laughs> the seasons lasted so much long so that's possible the only the so the new leaf expansion is modular there's a few different components you don't have to add all of them in um the only one that I probably wouldn't add in with like even with like new players we'll just we're just gonna play every we're gonna play Everdell with new leaf we're not gonna use those train tickets. Uh, that that gives you two extra actions. That extends the game a little bit. And also, they're just a little bit fiddly. They give you a, a big train ticket token to remind you, hey, you can you can use this ticket to ride the train and move one of your workers to a new action. Uh, but since you're not necessarily looking at that train ticket the entire time, it's hard to remember, hey, I have a train ticket. I, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't use that. Well, it also makes... Uh, well, one... I love trains. I would never forget to ride the train. 
Ever- Everdell is now a train game. Everdell is now a train game. So, shout out to our previous episode where we talk about uh, board game themes and having a theme night of just playing train related games. Everdell is now a train game. No, it's not. <laughs> it is when you play with New Leaf. <laughs> I, I like the ticket. I thought it was a really interesting way to like decide the timing. I of- like it. I'm just saying I wouldn't use it with new players. If I'm, I, I said I would. Oh, sure, I would sure. always play with New Leaf. Maybe not the train tickets every time. But since we're all oh, pro fair. gamers here, <laughs> yeah. Since I'm, um, it's it's called a pro gamer move. <laughs> Michael, I think part of what extended that time so much too was that we did play with the variable player powers, um, based on our. Um, little animal factions and that I think extended the game the turtles were taking infinite turns um, <laughs> I don't know what happened but he was just always doubling his resources and I was like what's happening I, I would I, I would like to look into discussions on that expansion to see uh, which player powers are more powerful than others and if there needs to be some balancing there mm-hmm but that's not from the New Leaf expansion, so let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Away! <laughs> so even though we weren't super great in our predictions, there are still a ton of great games that came out in 2022. If you look in the show notes, we'll have a link to Board Game Geek that shows the top 100 most rated games that came out of the year 2022. Um, I filtered it by number of ratings because that shows what people are playing. I didn't. I didn't filter it by rank. I wanted to filter it by to show what people are playing. And we're just going to go through the top 100. Not even. Not even talk about all 100. Maybe just uh, zoom right through. Them. That would be a really long episode if we talked about 100 games. Let's do it. Just kidding. <laughs> you, David, you have to take care of your kid. We do not have time for them to get through all of them. Well, we better at least talk about the number one game on the list. I have never played it and know very little about it. Carnegie? Why, why would we talk about it then? Oh, okay. I don't know anything about it Well, either. then <laughs> let's not talk about Carnegie. Apparently, we don't want to play it. So, we went through these lists earlier, just to like try and familiarize ourselves with the list. I played 10 out of the 100, which I thought was pretty good. I played 11 out of the 100. I thought you said 17. Did you lie? I looked at multiple pages. I didn't know we were only looking at the first page. Ah, okay. I would never lie on t- okay. on purpose. I revised my answer after understanding the homework assignment. <laughs> Michael, how many did you play? All right. So to be clear, there are expansions in this top 100. Yes, I am counting expansions in my tent because I think they might be half expansions. Uh, and it also includes... Uh, revised editions or reprints. I played three of, <laughs> of the 100. <laughs> Play more games. I want to. Do you guys just want to go through the ones that we played? Anyone play uh, Flamecraft? <laughs> no. I did play Longshot the Dice Game. I did too. Oh, cool. What did you think about it, David? Uh, I am terrible at racing games and terrible at betting games. But it was a hoot and a half. <laughs> it's a really good roll and write. 
I just had a blast playing it. I thought I was doing really well. I think I came in like fourth in my group of six. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it's just, it's a game where you're rolling dice and those dice determine which horse moves, how far that horse moves, and you're placing bets. Um, it has kind of, I think it's considered a drafting mechanism where if a specific horse moves, you look at that horse's card and all the numbers on it, uh, numbers on that horse also move. So you could move a five, three spaces, horse number five, three spaces, and then six, seven, two, and one also move. Right. I thought there was a lot that was really fun about this game, um, how each time that the dice are rolled, everybody gets to make a choice about what they mark on their own player sheet. So you can make it so that you have a better affinity with the horse that was rolled by marking its helmet or its jersey, or you can mark one of the concessions that eventually lead you to get one of your bonuses. It's just different ways to interact with the with what dice are rolled that can put you in an advantageous position long term you can choose to buy one of the horses and if it wins the race or takes second or third it gives you a whole bunch of money but otherwise not much else um, but it does give you a power that triggers throughout the game um, i played this in a two-player game and thought it was super fun i apparently am good at horse racing and betting games <laughs> um, because i did win that game and i sure ordered this as soon as i was able to find a copy um, but have not gotten a chance to play it since then I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it works well too, because I, I was playing it as more of a, of a bigger group game, so that just shows that it's got range. Well, sure. With two, I think you probably have way more control over how things shake out, um, because every other time you're the person in the lead. Are we going to spend this much? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jesse, I appreciate this input. We cannot spend this much time on this game. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> that's okay I, I i would love to i love talking about board games <laughs> I, I was looking at the the minutes tick away on my phone i was just like all right all right um <laughs> we can't spend this long long shot the dice game it is it, I, it, I like it is okay. not my favorite it's okay <laughs> it's okay it does not deserve this much uh the next one on the list that i've played is dune imperium rise of x either of you guys love dune imperium have not played the expansion the expansion is exceptional. I really enjoyed this expansion. I've only played with it twice, and playing it with it one time is the only time I've won. Uh, this adds a new unit that you can uh, use in combat called the Dreadnought, and it doesn't die. It goes back to your barracks, which really promotes combat. So you're more invested in the battle for uh, Dune, which I think makes the game a little more interesting. Is it a must-have I don't think so. I really enjoyed Dune Imperium as as it was. Uh, I really like it, though. Alright, if you've got Dune Imperium, and you love it, look into this. <laughs> Moving on to Wonderland's War. I did play that one. It was a lot of fun. I think I talked about it at length in a previous episode, so I would recommend for you to play it if you get a chance. Um, next on the list is Libertalia, Winds of Galecrest, which I know Michael and I have both played. I like how it becomes increasingly chaotic as more and more characters are added to your hands and it's harder to find track. Uh, it's harder and harder to keep track of who has which uh, people in their hands still. <laughs> and the I'm going to jump in here and just say it's, it's fun to play because you're mentioning all these characters that you're playing 
every single person has the same hand of characters. So you know what people could be playing. And you're trying to read the table and predict what everybody's going to play. Uh, and it just it never works out that way like you think it's going to. <laughs> yes, but it's basically you have seven cards. I believe you play four per round. Something like that. And then you get more cards. And the cards that you play, you usually do not get back. And so, so you have to remember, this person played these cards. This person played these cards. We're all going to end up with all the car- same cards at some point. But some of them may use them at different points. And it's hard to remember remember all that stuff. It's hilarious. I think this is a really nice re-implement of the original. Um, Definitely improves on some of the weaknesses and flaws of the original. I like the turn order track and how that can um, vary who has the priority in tiebreakers. Um, I think that's one of the best things in this. And some of the um, changes in terms of powers and just the graphics of it are lovely. Oh, the art is adorable. Yes, the the design is great. All right, next on the list is Creature shelf of comforts. shame. Uh, am I the only one that's it's on, on this my one? shelf of shame? Oh, it's on your <laughs> shelf of shame. Kickstarted. Uh, I I was interested in this one. I was interested in this one because it has a similar vibe to Everdell, which is my favorite board game. Shout out to Everdell. Uh, let's see how many times I can say that in this game. <laughs> this podcast. That's the uh, Easter egg. It is. It is a simpler worker placement game i it's i don't want to say like juvenile but this would be a great family game uh so there's not a ton there for hardcore experienced gamers but it was a lovely cozy time to play and i could see a family really enjoying this game with with kids planet unknown that's me i played planet unknown it was a lot of fun talked about it at length in a recent episode highly recommend it's another polyomino game. How many variations of polyomino? About games fourteen thousand. I mean, how how many variations do you need to own? <laughs> I mean, I already <laughs> own three at least. Um, I thought it was really nice the the choices you had to make every turn, and I thought I was doing so well and ended up not doing well, which I thought was really an interesting surprise at the end. So, looking forward to trying it again at some point in the near future. Yeah, we already talked about that. Yeah, we already talked about it, though. (laughs) Yes, I played Blood on the Clock Tower five times. It became too much by the fifth time. It was great. (laughs) Don't need to play it every week. Uh, Merchants of the Dark Road, I got a chance to play. Um, This was one that I looked at on Kickstarter, but chose not to kickstart. Um, One of my friends asked me if I would play it, and I had a great time playing it, but was also glad I didn't kickstart it. Um, the big thing here is there's a rondelle, so what you're doing kind of varies from turn to turn because you have to go around the rondelle and you're trying to go out on quests into the darkness. Um, and it, it's just you're trying to use your placements effectively like you are in most games. Um, it was a cool game. The production values were off the charts. Um, I felt like it was kind of long for what it was, um, but it was fun. I was glad to try it. The only problem I have with it is like the board looks really dark. Like they weren't kidding about that dark road. Very thematic. All right, what's next? Foundations of Rome. Oh my, Jesse, did you play Foundations of Rome? Yeah. Yeah, I've played it twice. Um, Again, a game with incredible production value. Have y'all played this one also? 
I haven't, but I know the box is gigantic. Ridiculous. Um, if you've played the game Chinatown, it's a lot like that, where you're trying to choose properties that are in similar proximity to each other so you can build these amazing buildings that will increase your population or increase your economy and just give you a better um, roam compared to your neighbors. Um, it is, for what it is, it is a, a fun game. Um, I think it is overproduced for what it is. Um, I would not pay the price that it is selling for on Amazon, um, which I Can think Can you is, play this game in a day? Uh, yeah, you, it plays in maybe an hour to an hour and a half. Um, uh, wow. <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm walking away from <laughs> for, for our listeners at home, I just gave Jesse a shit-eating grin. <laughs> all right time to talk about caper europe this is a two-player only drafting game i was a little bit wary of this one at first because drafting is one of my least favorite mechanisms but i gave it a shot because it's it's uh produced by Keymaster games they've they've put out parks and their production value is usually stunning and that that holds true here for caper europe uh on your turns you're either drafting a criminal or gear for that criminal and you're assigning them to specific cities to try and pull off heists and earn the most money and have a varied collection of stolen goods it's a cute simple fun drafting game three sisters three sisters is on my shelf of shame i am desperate to play it i've brought it to my game night like five times and never been able to get it to the table (laughs) Um, it's a really nice roll and write in the um, kind of in the vein of Fleet the Dice Game, and it has a rondelle. And you're trying to grow corn, beans, and pumpkins in harmony. Um, like this was like a traditional Native American way of growing plants so that they could sustain each other. Um, I love the concept of it. It seems like a super fun game. I want to play it desperately. So, Michael, please play a roll and write game with me. Yeah. Um, my father's work is next on the list, and this game is incredible. Um, have you gotten a chance to play it yet, guys? Nope. Nope. Still want to play it. The very first episode when I was guest hosting, when David was on, before David went on paternity leave, this was the game I talked about when I said what I'd been playing lately. And it is just the coolest um, worker placement, mad scientist um an app-driven story scenario. Um, Really exciting game. Can't wait to get it back to the table. I was supposed to play it this weekend um, for my third time, and then I got really sick and didn't get a chance to. So I'm looking forward to catching a a, a game of it soon. The next game that I've I've played is Everdell. The next one I've played is Everdell as well. Uh, We don't really need to talk about it that much, uh, because we've already talked about it in the last two sections. I just want to say that Everdell is my favorite game. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's your favorite game? Uh, next on the list is Verdant. I talked about this earlier. Make those plants happy. Arrange them properly. Give them sun or not give them sun, depending on what that plant needs. Make those plants happy. Real fun. Next, I'm assuming is Paint the Roses. Oh my god, I did play that one. You did play that one. Oh, I forgot about that. It was fine. 
<laughs> yeah, you said you forgot about it. That doesn't. <laughs> that's not a. Wow. That's not a glowing recommendation. Uh, I just remember it being a a, a puzzle game that uh, a, a cooperative puzzle game that uh, that some people struggled with visually. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. What's next? Root the Marauder expansion. So. Michael, you actually did play Root the Marauder expansion with me. I believe you were the Keepers in Iron. All right, guys. I just want to point out that I can't remember anything. I would like to <laughs> point out that you should start logging your plays. Sorry. He just he just forgets stuff like a cool person. <laughs> I guess if I was in my twenties and partying all the time, too. I'm just kidding. All right, guys. I said that I have only played three, but this makes the fifth one. Whoa. <laughs> What is the what is the uh, Hitchhiker's Guide? The increasingly inaccurate trilogy. It's got five books. <laughs> yes. Uh, this was about to, going to be a trilogy of conversation for me, but now it's a uh, uh, five games at least. Marauder expansion. <laughs> I I played uh, Crusader Badgers. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, the expansion adds two new playable factions: the Keeper in Iron, Keepers in Iron, and the Lord of the One Hundreds. Both of which, like all the other root factions. Yeah, asymmetrical war game, uh, where each faction is unique, different, and interesting. Uh, Some are harder to play than others, but all of them play differently. And I think that the two factions added in this expansion were really fun. Root was the first game to earn the board game Famous Gold Star. I would love to play that again soon but we need to help jesse with his shelf of shame (laughs) (laughs) all right uh next game isle of cats explore and draw and guess what michael you have played at least six games on this list because you did play isle of cats explore and draw with me also (laughs) what (laughs) uh march 24th of 2022 sir uh so the isle of cats explore and draw is a roll and write style game using cards instead of dice and themed in the world of the Isle of Cats where you're drawing little cat polyominoes onto your little cat boats. Um, It still uses the same story and world of Isle of Cats. It was a fun little roll and write. Not exceptional. It's so metal. Vesh Darkhand is coming to kill you all. (laughs) What? Why? And save as many cats as possible. (laughs) What? All right, what's next? For me, it's now or never. Yep, it's you. I got to play now or never. Uh, I've only played this game one time. Uh, it's the end of the trilogy for Above and Below, so it goes Above and Below, Near and Far, then Now or Never. They're story-driven games with Euro mechanisms in them, and it's it's got exponential growth from Above and Below. So Above and Below is pretty uh, welcoming. I would say it's uh, it's an entry-level style... It's not entry, it's not a gateway game. It's a little bit above gateway game style. Um, Near and Far really steps it up from there. It's got a lot more mechanisms going on, and it's a lot more involved. And then Now or Never is just... It takes hours to play, and you you gotta pay attention to what you're doing. It's just way out there. I, I haven't talked about it on the podcast yet, because I've only played it one time, and I want to get another, another play of it before... Uh, I, I say my feelings. 
I got to play Viticulture World at Geekway. That was a ton of fun. We lost the intro game. It's it, Viticulture World takes the worker placement game Viticulture and makes it cooperative. And, and it was fun to try and play a cooperative worker placement game. However, uh, our, we were not familiar enough with Viticulture. It had been quite some time since I had played it, and then most players had not played Viticulture at all. So we did not do well. Ah. But I I would definitely try that one again. I now actually own Viticulture. So I might, I might see that in the future. Nice. All right, next for me is Decorum. Is there anything... I'm out of games I've played. I have a couple Shelf of Shames, but that's it. I am allegedly also out of games I've played. <laughs> <laughs> you, we, I tried, we tried to get Decorum to the table at Thanksgiving. It just didn't work out. Oh, man. Uh, I talked about this one in a recent podcast, and by that I mean the one Michael is going to edit, I think. Uh, man, do I love this game. It is goofy. I don't know how much game there is there, though, so I'm hesitant to spew my love for this game because I'm I'm still excited to play it. I think that enthusiasm will fade over time. Also, one of my favorite uh, call-outs on our Discord, shout-out to our Discord, where we all took quizzes on what kind of board gamer we are, <laughs> and somebody in the... <laughs> <laughs> and somebody on the Discord was like, "You say you don't like uh, player like being competitive in uh, board games, and yet you <laughs> you get so aggressive and so angry <laughs> during <laughs> Coral. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, you get so mad because you don't. People just don't realize that room." You can't have a lamp in that room. It's your special rule. You're decorating a house, and that house cannot have a lamp in it. That room cannot have a lamp in it. The next game I've played on this list is actually an expansion for Canvas. Uh, it's Canvas Reflections. This adds a few new mechanisms. Canvas was already a pre-brain-burny drafting game, and this kicks it up a little bit. It is... Whew, I love it, though. I love it. We're all out. I think that might be the last game that I've played on this list as well. And that was it. Yeah, Canvas Canvas Reflections was the last game that I played on this list. Uh, so quickly, because I can hear hear Tilly in the background, I need to help her help put her down soon. Uh, the final thing I wanted to talk about was what did you guys think about 2022 as a whole for uh, your board gaming experiences? I played. So many games that I had played before. I think this was the first year that I didn't get wrapped up in the cult of the new. I can't speak for Jesse, but I feel like his shelf of shame grew faster this year than it had in previous years. In the sense that, not necessarily that he bought more games, and I bought more games at a higher rate than previous years, but I felt like in our gaming group, we kept going back to the games we loved. We kept going back to, while well, we did play new games, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, some of those games have come out in the past few years. You know, Ark Nova. I've talked about it several times. Technically, it came out in 2021. I didn't get to play it until this year. Possibly my favorite game of, game of the year. Uh, definitely played a few others. But overall, I think... I don't think there was any game 
games that wowed me like in the past, but I feel like the games I did play were all very solid. What about you, Jesse? So to be fair, I had a lot of Kickstarters come in over the last couple months that were like pandemic lonely panic buys. Um, so yes, <laughs> I did have some exponential growth on the shelf of shame. Um, thanks for calling me out on it, Michael. That means we need to game. What, let's together. let's blame the re- let's blame the real problem: those supply chains that took yes. until now. <laughs> to get resolved such that you can get those board games <laughs> honestly um 2022 was pretty great for board gaming um i really enjoyed tantrum con was probably my single favorite gaming event of the year but there were a lot of big gaming events that were super fun i had a great time with mega moose and with with jeff con i had a great time um going down to georgia and gaming with some of my friends down there as well as keeping up with our regular gaming group that we share michael um hanging out with another particular group of gamers who i met through the charlotte gamers network and gaming with junior in my 10 by 10 started gaming more with my best friend and my her husband and my niece and nephew um so had a really good time playing lots and lots of games this year I would say a couple of games that I really enjoyed that were new this year that weren't in that top 100 we talked about um, were Vivid Memories, which is a neat little game where you have a brain and you're trying to connect synapses in the brain. I thought that game was super cool both times I played it. Um, also really enjoyed Meeples and Monsters, which is a bag building kind of horror monstery Dungeons and Dragons type deck bag building game. It was a really good year for games. I don't know that there was anything like mind-blowing in terms of new games, but uh, like you said, there were a lot of games that were good, but I think a lot of the classics really hold up. David, how about you? How was 2022 for games for you? It was... It was a mixed blessing. 2022 is the year I've played the fewest games since I've gotten into the hobby, but that's because my daughter was born uh, in July. I moved... So I've, I've, I've moved, my daughter was born, I had to find a new gaming group, and then now I got, uh, I don't get to go out to that gaming group very often, just because, and by very often, I mean I haven't been since she was born, uh, <laughs> but it's really given me an appreciation for the times I do get to play a game. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I live close enough to my mom, my mom, Michael, not yours. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she'll come over every now and then, watch my daughter, and Ellen and I will get to play a game. And those moments are just really give me an appreciation for the hobby. I, I still love it. And every time I get to play a game, it's just, it's really fun. It's just a, it's a blessing, really, to, to play a game again. And it's incredible. I just, I've been coming away with more experience. I was just like, oh man, that was fantastic. I love this hobby still. I can't say like I, I don't. I'm not going to say I miss it. Uh, no, I, I love my daughter. She's incredible. <laughs> She's just started mouth farting, and <laughs> it's her only way of communication now, and it's so funny. And it seems like she's getting into gaming too. Yeah, I posted the picture of her playing Loop of the Movie, just just watching. And it's she loves it so much to the point where that's not even on my board game shelf anymore. It's in her toy bin, and when she's like being fussy, I'm like, ah, oh, let me just turn on Loop and Louie, and she'll just watch that spin around for a while. <laughs> but, but I agree. Like every every game I played this year, pretty much every game I played this year was fun, except for that one game that shall not be named. Yeah, I, pl- I played a couple subpar games, but but overall, I think all the games that like the most of the games that came out in 2022, I really had a good time with. Mm-hmm. 
All right, anything else? We're all wrapping up. Board gaming is fun. Board gaming is fun. <laughs> <laughs>